could be confined to a wheelchair, you could be men, women, young, old, right? Like all these barriers that would traditionally require something like divisions or separate tournaments in, in the world of traditional sport. In esports, they, they don't mean anything. Olympic Channel Podcast, Buenos Aires 2018. That was gamer Jake Lyon. I'm Ed Knowles, and this is the official Olympic Channel podcast. We are in Buenos Aires, and as well as giving you all the headlines from the Youth Olympic Games every single day, we will also be finding the biggest Olympic talking points and asking some of the world's best athletes to go in deep about all things Olympic. I was just looking out at the Athletes Village today from our Game Changers hub, and it's really hot and the weather. I just was thinking about how I've had such a great time here in Buenos Aires. I was just having a little uh, thankful, grateful moment. It's nowhere near the end. Well, it's kind of near the end, but it's also nowhere near the end. Today, we've got a great debate going on with Overwatch legend Jake Lyon, where he argues why gaming should be included in the Olympic Games proper. All that to come, but first. The Youth Olympic Games headlines. Brazil came out on top after an epic duel with rivals Argentina in the futsal. A packed arena witnessed a 3-2 win as the Brazilians advanced to the final where they will play Russia. There was joy for the Argentinian rugby team though as they took gold in the rugby sevens in the men's. Bautista Pedamonte said there were no words to describe the moment. And favourite Mikhailo Koken of Ukraine took gold in the men's hammer with a throw of 85.97 metres. Today, there will be medals in the beach volleyball, basketball 3x3 and the diving mixed final. Head to olympicchannel.com for more news, features from everything at Buenos Aires. Olympic Channel Podcast, Buenos Aires 2018. So, I met Jake Lyon in the urban park at the Youth Olympic Games and... If I'm honest, he looked like an athlete, kind of slight build and with an attitude that just seemed to ooze confidence and focus, the same as what athletes have. He is a pro gamer in the Overwatch League and he's keen for people to take esports even more seriously. So we had a talk about what the future holds for professional gaming. Olympic Channel Podcast. Gaming is such a more social form of entertainment. Uh, I, I think there's always been this stigma for a long time that gaming was something you did by yourself in your basement, alone in your room, you know, kind of away from the rest of the world. Uh, but now with multiplayer games becoming by far, far and away the most popular games, you know, like that's what everyone's playing is multiplayer games. And you ask the question why, it's just because it's social, right? It's exactly that. It's you want to connect to somebody who's, you know, down the street, you know, in another state, another country around the world, you can actually do that now. And especially as the technology improves more and more, uh, Overwatch in particular has, it was really impressive to me because it was the first game multiplayer that I felt like I could even, I could comfortably play on very high ping. So playing with somebody from Europe is not even a problem, right? That they would be nearly on the other side of the planet and we could still play together just fine is like, that's so insane, right? That it's such a connective experience now. I think one of the amazing things as well is like you say, there's no barriers. Like in a world where everyone's becoming quite insular and barriers are going up across the world, in a way that embodies exactly what the Olympics is all about, is like breaking down barriers, representing somewhere and where you're from, that's fine, but not creating, building bridges rather than building borders. 
you know, the fact that you can play with people from around the world, and there's no, also as a competitive format, there's not really, one of the things I think that really has a lot of potential for the future of esports is that there shouldn't, in my mind, be a gendered separation in the highest level of competition. Yeah. Um, right now, it's a really dominantly male activity, like it's mostly men, but there's starting to be female professional gamers. There's one in the, in the Overwatch League already, there's a few in um, League of Legends as well, some other titles, um, Counter-Strike, et cetera. So, what I think is really exciting about gaming is that if we can sort of continue to bring more women into the activity and, and make it more popular among women, that we'll start to see more female competitors at the very highest level, um, which is very amazing, right? That you could be, you know, physically less able, you know, in a, in a, you could be confined to a wheelchair, you could be men, women, young, old, right? Like all these barriers that would traditionally require something like divisions or separate tournaments in, in the world of traditional sport. In esports, they, they don't mean anything, right? You can you can put your skill at the highest level with any of those, uh, you know, handicaps, but they don't—they aren't handicaps in esports, which I think is so exciting, right? That you can all play together. One of the things, though, that has come up recently is the violence in the games, and that it doesn't sit with other people's ideas of what embodies kind of sportsmanship, sport. Yeah, I, I, I personally disagree. Uh, as someone who's played games their whole life and is maybe accustomed to it, what, you, what, I, what I really see is that we can play a game against each other and just even though we're, you know, virtually shooting each other, right? You know, we get off the game, we laugh, we're like, oh, you, you did it, that was so sweet, like, it was so sick, you owned me, like, dang it, dude, you're killing it, like, you're so good, right? And there is that spirit of respect and, and fair play just in the same way that, you know, two boxers can be assaulting each other for, you know, <laughs> half an hour, an hour, just, just fighting, quite literally trying to inflict injury on one another. And yet, you know, after, uh, after the match is over, they can shake hands, right? And they, there's, there's that spirit of competition and fair play, despite maybe a seemingly violent appearance. It, it's, not, it's not that way in reality, right? I think it's just like, if you don't play games, if you don't understand, you would say, oh, they're like being violent against each other in the game. Um, but it's no more than a game, right? That um, afterwards, right, if, you, if you're, you're actually connected to each other, there's plenty of teams that we play against that are, are you know, are, are, are rivals, right, that we're supposed to hate, and yet yeah, we're still good friends, right? So outside the game, we'll, you know, we could go grab a drink, get some dinner, like it's no problem. So I really think that that's something that, it seems that way on the surface, and I can understand why people feel that way. But at the same time, if you really understand and, and get into the activity, you see that the spirit of what we're doing is, is competition, fair play, competitiveness, who can be the best. It's not about attacking each other. Right? It doesn't manifest in real life. I, I think uh, with, with your parents, though, surely they, there must have been times where they maybe didn't support you in what you were trying to achieve and, and didn't really understand what you were trying to do. Well, when I was growing up, you know, it was always, you know, get off the computer, you're spending too much time playing video games, you know, go do something useful with your life, um, which in a way was helpful to me because it taught me to like work harder and it taught me to not just settle for gaming and like also pursue school, pursue extracurricular activities. Um, but throughout it all, I, I really had the strong sense that I, I just loved to game and I, and I knew that gaming was what I wanted my future to be. I didn't really know what shape that would take at the time, but I, I was really confident because everyone was telling me, don't do this, this is the wrong thing, do something else. And yet I kind of had the confidence in myself to like just go for it 100%. Um, but finally, I think the legitimization really came from 
the fact that it became a real career, right? For, for a long time, eSports was not a real career. Like, you couldn't make enough money to support, you know, yourself, much less a family. So it was pretty hard to be seen as legitimate if it's essentially just a hobby, right? It's, there's, there's no real professional career to be made out of it. Um, but now that eSports is so lucrative and, and so professional, uh, and of course it's so much more noticed, right, in the media, in, in terms of our viewership, it's all growing rapidly. So I think that that's really been the key to legitimization in the eyes of parents, in the eyes of um, staff, et cetera, you know, adults who are maybe in the past negative on it, see, okay, well, this, there is a real career here. There is a potential to be successful, just like a professional sport. Um, you know, you can be, you can have a, a lucrative, successful career. You can build connections with this thing. So I think that once people see that and they realize it's not just a waste of time, that there is a future, they start to understand and, and accept. And uh, we're here in Buenos Aires at the Youth Olympic Games, and I dragged you away from, uh, from watching a bit of the sport climbing. You were yeah, like... the bouldering and the women's final. Those girls were so strong. It's so amazing. Just like really impressive stuff to watch. <laughs> but you take fitness quite seriously, don't you? Because you think that it filters into your performance in the yeah, game. I mean, I think there's 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 a few reasons for it. Number one has to be injury prevention. Um, you know, if you're on a computer all day, it's very common to get for pro gamers to get RSI. Uh, repetitive strain injuries, so you know your carpal tunnel, things of that nature. So it's very important to to use your body in different ways that kind of make sure that the whatever you aren't using when you're gaming is getting still some use, still staying fit, and even for your hands and wrists to use them in a different way that's not so repetitive and not so static. To stay fit, I think, keeps you away from injury, which is super important. I mean, there's there's 18 year olds with carpal tunnel, which is not something I think I would ever have expected to see. But in esports, people are so dedicated to practice and, and becoming the best they can be. It is something that happens. So you have to be mindful of preventing injuries, and, and I think staying fit is a key part of that. Uh, at the same time, I think it sort of helps with your focus and the m moment of maximum pressure, um, just staying calm, you know, staying, uh, staying focused in the game and, and, and not losing that high level of concentration. I think being fit helps you a little with that as well. Um, so it's really all about those marginal edges at the highest level. You know, you'll do anything to be... 5% better, 10% better, that's a major, major difference in the game. So if it even has that little impact, of course I'd do it. Do you think truly, deeply in your heart, for real, that eSports could make it to the Olympic Games? Well, I mean, I, it's, that's, that's a determination I think will be made by the International Olympic Committee and, and it's sort of not in my hands. Uh, of course, I think eSports is sport. A lot of people have very strong opinions that it's not. Um, Personally, I don't think it's too important because I think at the end of the day, esports is making waves of its own. And the, real, the question, I think, is whether the IOC would, would like to, you know, instill their values in esport and, and maybe be some sort of guide to the, to the um, esports phenomenon. But even if it's never accepted and even if the traditional sports world continues to reject us, then I think we've, we've that's what we've expected this whole time, right? So I think finally... Uh, we're on a path where esports doesn't really need anybody's help to get going. Uh, it's, it's moving under its own power. Investment is there. Now profitability is there. Um, the Overwatch League you know, turned a profit in its first year, which had not happened before in a franchise video games league. Um, so really the proof of concept is here already. And there's a little bit of, I think, demographic inevitability, uh, as Noah Winston referenced on our, on our panel at the IOC, uh, which is just that idea that you know, something like 90% of kids, like 12 to 17, are playing video games in some capacity. You know, people are playing on their mobile phones, they're playing on consoles, they're playing on PC, but they're all tapping into this phenomenon of gaming. And esports is just positioned perfectly to capitalize on that. If you love to game, if, if that's how you want to spend your time, 
then when you want to relax, are you, are you going to turn on the football game or are you going to turn on the esports tournament? It seems to me that they're going to come to the esports tournament because that's what their passion is. That's where it lies. So as those young people, you know, grow older, have, you know, more disposable income, that's only going to make the industry more successful. Um, and there doesn't seem to be any signs of it slowing, right? This is, this is a trend that's only increasing as the barriers to entry fall, as, you know, gaming comes to mobile phones. The technology just gets better and better and better. So you're playing these, you know, double-A, triple-A titles on, on cheaper and cheaper devices. They're more and more accessible. Um, not just in the developed world, but also you know, in the developing world. So it's really spreading. The young people are doing it. So I think that that's, that's the most spiriting thing from my perspective is that you know, this, is, this is a trend that will only, only become um, more successful as time goes on. Right, tomorrow we are looking back at the Youth Olympic Games with Walid Abu Nada of Jordan. Why? because it's our last episode. He is a young change maker and he set up a weightlifting club in the biggest refugee camp for Palestinians outside of Palestine. We had a chat about female participation in sport in the Middle East and especially in Jordan, and also picked out our favorite Youth Olympic Games moments. Not many days left, but one athlete to definitely look out for is Maria Bocharova of Russia in the beach volleyball. She is the reigning under 19 world champion. Beach volleyball is one of the many things that we've got going down on olympicchannel.com. Plenty of streams there to get your highlights or watch things live. You can also download the app and watch all those things on your phone. There are also not many chances to catch our Yog Daily Show live. Ashley Tullock has been doing that every single day live from our little games changers hub right in the heart of the athletes village well worth your time we had some table tennis athletes on the other day i'm in buenos aires for not much longer but long enough until the end so subscribe give us a review remember we will be back to our weekly status very soon that's it for now see you soon think, think like an olympian, olympian.